Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the OG Therapy Podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy. As always, I'm your host, David, and I've got some deliciousness for your ears if you are a parent, if you're a teenager, if you're a young person, or an older person that wants to improve the relationships in your life. Today's episode is just for you. In past episodes, I've done um, something called statements versus questions. If you go back to some of the earlier episodes of Light the Fight, so if you're on a, whatever podcast uh, platform you listen to OG Therapy on, originally it used to be called Light the Fight. And if you go back to some of the very first episodes, I believe it was, gosh, I should have checked the number of it, but it's definitely in the first 20 episodes. Um, I did this episode called Statements versus Questions. And if you've ever heard me speak, this is usually the tool I share in my speaking to help people have an advantage to connect with other people, to make sure conversations have the ability to go well before um, before you get most conversations started. There's some things that you can do that can really handicap the conversation, make it so it's already doomed before it gets going, or at least has a lower percentage of probability that your message is going to land with someone, your thoughts, feelings, and opinions are going to be heard. So I've done this episode many times on this podcast. Uh, I haven't always called them statements versus questions, but the basis of this is called statements versus questions. I've given this basic, simple communication psychology tip in many of our episodes, many of my interviews. And as I mentioned, whenever I speak, this is usually the go-to tool that I teach people. I'm doing a little bit of an add-on to it because today when I was teaching high school, um, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm a part-time high school teacher, full-time therapist. And the class I teach is called social health. It's a, it's a terminology that with a bunch of teenagers many years ago, we came up with, we created a definition for, and myself, the kids I've worked with, the families I've helped, and a lot of research in the past decade, they don't call it social health, but it all leans towards one specific thing that we can all do to better our mental, emotional, and physical well-being. And if you're a business person and you're wanting to make money, this should also be at the roots of provide at the root basically the cornerstone of any successful business or at least a successful business that you want to be around longer than a couple years there's lots of ways to start businesses that you know can give you a boost and give you a jump into the market that you're in maybe give you some advantages that maybe you might be able to make some money pretty quickly but statements versus question is something i teach not just to teenagers parents and um and you know teachers when i train teachers but it's also something i've taught to businesses throughout the years and it's my favorite social health tool because it helps smooth any potential difficult conversation. It helps communicate whatever you're trying to say to someone in a way that allows them to be able to receive the information better, not get upset, not get pissed off, or at least less likely to get upset and pissed off. Go back to some of the earlier episodes. I'll give a deeper dive, or I'll let those earlier episodes be the deeper dive of this. But let me give you a short description and then tell you about what happened in my class today and why I wanted to do this podcast and add a little bit of extra twist to the statements versus questions. So really long story short, if you lead with statements with any conversation, 
let's use the example of a parent that has to um, has to give some hard news to their kid. Maybe they're going to ground their kid. Maybe um, maybe they're uh, they're not happy with their kid's behavior or their schoolwork, whatever it may be. If a parent takes the approach of leading with a lot of questions, it can really you know undercut the conversation before it begins. It can cause a lot of defensiveness from your teenager, and uh, it's it's probably not going to go all that well. Or even if it goes okay, it would definitely go a lot better if you didn't lead with questions. But let me give you a little example of why. If uh, a, a kid's about to get in trouble, the parent finds out that they have bad grades, the kid comes home from school, and the parent has been kind of sitting back, not saying anything for the past week or so, just kind of waiting to see what their child's going to do, and then they've had enough. Maybe the parents had a bad day. Kid comes home, the parent starts with a question. It could sound something like this. So, did you get all the assignments done that you're supposed to get done to uh, get done uh, this past week? Maybe the teenager says, "Uh, no, I mean, I'm working on it, but like I turned some in, but the teacher hasn't graded yet. Oh, really? So, you still haven't done all the assignments you said you're going to do last week, and it's already halfway through this week? And the teenager's looking at the parent parents boiling up they can tell they're chomping on the bit they're angry and then upset teenager goes in defensive mode teenager starts oh well i i mean it's not my fault or they start saying wait well, what are you talking about like no no I, I had more time like you didn't say i had to have them done by this past week and the parent says wait what what do you mean it's not your fault what do you mean i didn't tell you that then it starts a whole nother side argument becomes confrontational Maybe the teenager cries, screams that it's unfair. Maybe they storm off in the other room, pissed off and angry. Maybe the parent takes the phone away from them drastically, immediately, very aggressively. It's going to get heated and it's going to feel really personal. So a lot of teenagers I've talked to, those types of moments feels like, man, my parents are acting like I murdered someone, like I committed a major crime. I just forgot to do my homework or it's not the end of the quarter. I still have time. In those moments, Statements versus questions explains it very simply. Again, go back and listen to the episodes in the past. But basically what it says is if you lead with questions, it means you're starting with interrogation. If you start with interrogation, a couple things are pretty much guaranteed to happen. One, the person's going to get defensive. Two, their brain's going to go to either fight, flight, freeze, fold, or befriend mode. And if you're not familiar with all those, I know most people are familiar with the fight or flight mode. Uh, the fight would be to argue with you, the parent. The flight would be to put on their headphones or just try to get out of the room. The freeze would be just sit there and just just freeze and, and have no response and put their head down, say nothing. The parents like, aren't you going to say anything? Don't you have any comment? Kid just sits there, just paralyzed, doesn't know what to do, doesn't know what to say. The fold is they break down, starts crying, just come unglued, have an emotional breakdown. And the last one, the befriend that's the begging. I'll do anything. Please don't ground me. I'm so sorry. I promise I'll never do it again. And they're just begging and pleading, just trying to, you know, maybe they're trying to look cute. Maybe they try to uh, make a joke about like, oh, you know, but hey, at least I cleaned my room, right? Ha ha ha. And they're trying to soften the parent up and trying to, you know, it's not necessarily befriending the parent, but it's trying to um, get the parent to calm down and beg and plead and do whatever they think, uh, like a like a Hail Mary type of a last minute type of a repentance type of a thing. All those responses are are coming from the limbic system of your brain. 
without getting too big and technical, basically that's a survival part of your brain. That's part of your brain that says, hey, listen, we don't have time to think. We have to be in survival mode. So obviously a teenager in the situation is trying to preserve their freedom, preserve uh, their good reputation with their parent, and they're going to do one of those things. Well, I explained this to my class today, and I explained this to them. I, I taught them today's lesson with statements versus question. I taught them how when you start with questions, or if your parents start with questions, or if you question your friend, or if your teacher questions you, or if your coach questions you, or if you question the person you're dating, and that's how you start the conversation, it's a very high probability that that person's going to go into one of those survival mechanisms. Fight, flight, freeze, fold, or befriend. Now, once I explained that that triggers that type of reaction from someone, I explained to them, it's because when someone's asking you questions, you don't know why they're asking you a question. In this example, if the kid comes home and the parent's like, hey, so did you finish the homework you're supposed to do last week? And with the smirky look on their face, a little sarcasm, like I said, boiling irritation, that teenager's looking at the body language and saying, oh, this sounds like it's a trap. Now, another thing happens. Ever since we were little kids, whenever we got in trouble, whenever we made a mistake, whenever we let our parents down, whenever they doubted in us, we usually heard questions from our parents. It'd sound like this. What's wrong with you? How many times do I have to tell you? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you take out the trash? Why didn't you clean your room? Why didn't you do your homework? Why are you still hanging out with that kid? That kid's a bad influence on you. Why, 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 what, 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 what? And that type of addressing the situation only creates a reaction. It's not good. You don't know why your parent, if you're the teenager, you don't know why your parents asking you. It could be a trap. You don't know what's going on. You're scared. You're scared they're going to answer it wrong. So I explained to the kids, obviously in much greater detail, but I explained to them that that's why you want to lead with statements. Statements do the, actual, do the opposite. Statements are letting someone know beforehand that you'd like to talk to them about their grades or about their missing assignments. So it would sound something along these lines. Hey, uh, I'd really like to hear about how your day went, and I especially want to get an update from you about if you were able to get caught up on all your homework. Because just like we talked about last week, it's a big deal that you have all your homework done because if it's not done, then I'm not going to take your cell phone away from you. You're going to take it away from yourself because we had an agreement. So you can either uh, pull out your Skyward or whatever, you know, your schools, uh, your kids' school system use it here in Utah. Most people use Skyward. You can either pull up your Skyward right now and show me uh, – what uh, assignments you've gotten done and where you're at, or you can grab a bite to eat, do whatever you want to do. And we can do it in a little bit, you know, maybe after dinner, or we could do it after you get a snack or something like that. Let me know which one works best for you. I can tell you from lots of experience as a teacher, as a therapist, coaching parents on this for years, you have a higher probability of getting more truthful, honest information, accountability from your kid if you approach it in that type of fashion. Because you're not interrogating them, you're not putting them on a defense, and you're actually telling them what you want to talk to them about. You're not catching them off guard. You're not surprising them. I mean, every parent out there, how many times have you told your kid, hey, listen, don't wait to the last minute to ask me if you can hang out with your friends or ask me for money. Give me a heads up. I need to know because I might have other things going on. Because when kids ask their parents at the last minute, parents sometimes get irritated and pissed off, and they're more likely to say no. 
And if they don't say no, they're more likely to do it, but they're going to do it begrudgingly. They're going to be pissed off and irritated and lecture you the whole entire way that you should have asked them. And they're going to hold that against you because parents are just normal people and they get a little butt hurt and irritated just as much as a teenager does. Okay. Parents are just regular people too. So I didn't use those examples. I have a whole different way of teaching the lesson, but I'm just trying to give you a short little version of it because as you can probably tell, I'm a little under the weather. I've been sick. And uh, so I don't want to make uh, you guys listen to my stuffy nose and my congestion for too long. So it's, today's going to be a shorter episode. So I explained to them why using statements is a better way to start a conversation. Because when someone uses statements, you know why they're addressing you. You know what they're talking about. And it's stated up front. Also, our brain has a habit from, a child, from our childhood days. When we hear the questions, we think we're in trouble. Like, what's wrong? How come you did this? When we hear statements, that's usually associated with some sort of compliment or helpful information. Now, every time we ask a question, it's not necessarily interrogation. I'm not being literal. Like every question that a parent could ask their teenager is an interrogation or going to make a situation go bad because some questions are just innocent and simple. Like, hey, what would you prefer, Uh, pizza or lasagna tonight? Uh, You know, what do you want? You want to go to sushi or you want to get some Chinese food tonight? Those are questions that are harmless and innocent. Those aren't really much of a big deal, okay? But what I'm referring to are the questions that have a tendency to cause confrontation, defensiveness, and it's something that the parents upset, frustrated about. Statements, on the other hand, ever since kids were little, they heard statements in this type of way, in a compliment. I'm so proud of you. You're smarter than I was at this age. You're beautiful, you're intelligent, Uh, I love the way you treat your friends. You you scored a touchdown. You you gave a great performance. And so your parents say, wow, that was an amazing touchdown. Wow, the the way you hit that note, the way you, you know, just belted out that big, uh, that big, um, the big uh, uh, ensemble. If you're, you know, if you're playing an instrument, um, those are all going to come in the form of statements. Also, helpful information. Hey. Don't uh, forget to get your project uh, out of your room and take it to school this morning because you worked on it really hard. And if you don't bring it to school, it's going to be late and I don't have time to drop it off at school in the middle of the day because I got to go to work. Hey, I left uh, some money on the dinner table for you because I'm going to be running late from work. And uh, I want you to be able to, you know, stop by Chick-fil-A and, you know, pick up some sandwiches for you and your little siblings uh, for dinner tonight because I won't be able to make dinner. That's just helpful information. And the other examples I used were compliments. That's usually the form that statements, I mean, that's usually the form that compliments and helpful information come from, come in statements. Now, there is an exception to the rule, and this is called questioning statements. Questioning statements are probably easily referred to as like a guilt trip. I've heard a lot of teenagers throughout the years tell me, like, yeah, my, my mom or my dad, they give me lots of guilt trips. They tell me things like, I, I know you don't like to hang out with us because we're not as cool as Stacy's family. Or um, I know that, um, that uh, no matter what we do, you're still going to be disrespectful. Or it must be nice just to live your own life, wake up late and do whatever you want to do and have to, don't have to clean up after yourself. All those are statements, but they're different because they're questioning statements. They're questioning your intentions. They're questioning your capabilities. You're questioning just, just you as a person. And it's really, you know, very passive aggressive. So after I explained all this to the kids, lots of feedback, lots of questions. Every time I, I share this with the students, their jaws drop, their eyes open up, and they start having this look like, oh, so 
That's why I always get in a fight with my parents. So that's why we're always arguing. I either ask them a question like, hey, can I go hang out with my friends? And my parents like, you didn't even do your chores. You've been grounded all week. What makes you think I would let you go hang out with your parents? Well, it's their party. It's really important. I know I was supposed to ask you. I promise I'll do my chores tomorrow. Uh, and they're panicking, and stressed out. Now the parent has all the pressure because the friend is sitting there looking at them. And now it's like, you're like, do I look like the mean parent and says no? Or do I play it cool and let them go and do what they want to do? But then I'm going to be resentful and angry because I feel like I just got taken advantage of and, and manipulated. So when I taught this to the kids today, after they gave me feedback, after many of them said, oh my gosh, like this has helped me see something I just didn't see before. It's, it's so true. Like I do get lots of fights with my parents over stuff like this. Then I ask them to think about their friends. Then I ask them to think about if they're dating someone. Then I ask them to think about their teachers and their coaches and say, who are the teachers, coaches, parents, friends, and people in your life that tend to ask you a lot of questions? And then how does that make you feel? Like, does it make you want to answer the questions? Does it make you feel interrogated? Does it make you feel like you're trapped? You're in a corner, like they're trying to trick you to get information from you? Well, after we had that conversation, I decided to give something away today. So I'm fortunate enough through my nonprofit that we were sponsored um, by Vans Shoes. And Vans gives me lots of shoes. I give it to teenagers. I give it to the other teachers that teach this class. When I go speak um, uh, to, uh, to high schools, I give out shoes, but I give it out for a very specific reason. I give it out for, I give them out to people that are trying to improve their social health, meaning people who are trying to improve their relationships. It could be a relationship with their family, their friends, their relationship with something like school. It could be their relationship with themselves. So when I give out these shoes and I give them to people, I give them out for all different types of reasons in the class. Sometimes I give them out for someone just being a really good student and taking the class serious and answering the questions and participating. Sometimes I give them out for the way they, uh, they answer um, one of the homework assignments. It's very insightful and they, they share a lot of their personal information about, you know, things that they've struggled with or things that they're working on. But I'm always looking for different examples of just teens having good social health. And so I give them a pair of shoes. Well, in my class, I've been picking out a couple kids the past few classes that have just really stood out for different reasons, the reasons I just mentioned. And today, I took a risk. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about. When I say I took a risk, it wasn't like a, something like that could be a problematic. But the risk I took was I decided to make a statement in a different way. You see, there's more than just statements with your mouth and using words. You can make statements with your actions. You can make statements with your belief in someone and telling them that you believe in them. You can make a statement of just acknowledging someone and, and just saying, hey, here's what I've been noticing about you lately and I'm impressed by that. You may not know if you're accurate. You may not know if you're, if you're right on or not. But it's a statement because you're telling them something that you think about them. You're basically like bearing a testimony in a court of law that you see them for who they're capable of being, even if they're not always that way. Especially when I, I work with a lot of teenagers, a lot of kids in my class, they beat themselves up a lot. They feel like they're falling short of their parents' expectations, falling short of their own expectations, falling short in grades, school, work, in general, in sports. So today I chose one young man in the class that's just been just like such a bright personality. Like he's just I can tell he's just a 
good kid, like a good all around solid kid. And then there's a girl in my class. She makes it to about every other class, but she and I have had a couple moments where um, she, uh, gosh, I don't want to say too much and give away too much, but we've had a couple moments. And in these moments, um, I, uh, I just felt something. I felt that there's a lot going on in her life. I have no idea. I don't know if anything's going on that's difficult or hard that she's been through. But when you spend enough time observing someone and paying close attention to their, their mannerisms and their body language, you can get a kind of a good read on where that person's at. Well, every time she does come to class, she kind of keeps herself kind of quiet. She'll crack a smile every now and then. And, you know, I, I can tell, you know, she likes to leave an AirPod, one AirPod in that's covered up by hair. And so she thinks she's being sneaky, but I see it the whole entire time. And so I pulled her aside today and I said, hey, I said, you know how I'm doing that giveaway for people who are being a good example of having good social health? She goes, yeah. I said, you remember the definition of social health? She said, yeah, basically. I mean, she didn't say it perfectly, but, you know, you know, one's ability to build, maintain, improve relationship with their family, friends, their environment, um, online, and also really uh, improve the relationship with themselves. And so she gave it, I mean, she didn't say it just like that, but she had a pretty good definition. And I said, well, I want to choose you for today. But I want you to do me a favor. I know this last couple of times you're here in class, you just keep on having this white Q-tip thing stuck in your ear and it looks a lot like an AirPod. She looked at me, she put her head down and she was like, Ugh. I said, I want to I want to give this, I want to acknowledge you for being the example of social health today um, in front of your peers. The only difference is I just want you to put away your, your AirPod today and, and charge it because I'm going to talk about something today that I think you're not going to want to miss. So I give the lesson, lesson gets done. I tell the whole entire class, um, I teach a few classes, so I, I tell the whole entire class that, you know, I chose her. And then I noticed during the lesson, she was really glued to everything I was saying. Like she was like eyes wide open. When I asked the class if it made sense, if anyone could relate to it, she like rose her hands like, whoa, oh my gosh, that just blew my mind. I never thought about it like that. So I told the class, say goodbye to everybody. And as she's walking out, she's like, I still don't understand why you picked me. She was, I haven't even come that often. And I could tell she felt undeserving. I said, well, whenever you want to know, I'd be happy to tell you. And, you know, just you know, not in front of the whole entire class. And she said, okay. She took two steps. She stopped. She turned back around. She's like, could you tell me now? Because I'm really dying to know why you'd give me a free pair of shoes. And I've only been to class 50% of the time. Maybe, yeah, come on over to my desk. Now, like like usual, I have a couple kids at the door waiting to talk to me afterwards, um, old students and students from my class. Because one of the greatest things about being a teacher is when you connect with teens, like they just they get curious about you. They just want to hang out around you. They want to talk to you more. They want to get to know you better. So I'm flattered when they just want to say, hi, hey, how I'm doing, or kids that have my class before that just want to check in. They just like... Just like having a teacher smile at them, make them feel comfortable. Oh, also too, I always have food in my class too. So if they're hungry, they know they can always get, get a snack. So she comes over my desk and this is the statement that I want you guys listening to this. You guys can do this with your children. You can do this with your friends. It is a very powerful statement and you're not quite sure if it's 100% accurate, 
But if you do it general enough and you really mean it and you tap into something about that relationship, something you know about that person, you can make a statement that's totally different than the ones that I've suggested before. So here's what I told her. I said, do you believe in people picking up on like, you know, teenagers call it a vibe, but a vibration mean like a wave, like a connection of some sorts. Like if someone else is on the same vibration, you're on a similar vibration that you're going to connect with each other. I go, do you just kind of believe that some people just have the same vibe and, and so they instantly become friends or they connect really quickly? She's like, oh yeah, definitely. Like, oh yeah, I've had that happen plenty of times. And other times you just don't vibe with someone and you don't have to hate them, but just for some reason you just don't see a friendship growing. So exactly, perfect. I said, since the first day of class, remember when you and I had that conversation? She goes, yeah, I remember that you're like, no way. She she found out that I'm into um, I'm into Brazilian jiu-jitsu and martial arts, stuff like that. So she was super excited because, you know, she's messed around that type of stuff too and, you know, experimented with uh, martial arts, so to speak. I don't think she really has done it a lot, but she's done it like as, as a hobby, right? And so I go, she goes, yeah, yeah. I go, since that time, I've been paying close attention to you. And I notice when you're here in class, you're holding a lot of stuff on your mind and in your heart. I go, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know if you've been through something difficult in the past. I don't know if you're still going through something difficult or it's just like the, the leftovers of just, you know, having a lot of struggles throughout your life. But I can tell you the reason why I gave you this gift is because whatever you've been through, you haven't given up. And I know that you coming half the time shows that you're trying to hold on to it. You don't want to fail. You don't want to not graduate. But I can also tell that you're struggling to keep, just to keep your head above water. She dropped her head and she started bawling crying. I can tell you guys, I wasn't really 100% sure with what I saw that my statements were accurate, but I could feel it when she was in the classroom. She was never disrespectful to me, but she kept one AirPod in and she'd have her head down and look up with one eye. I literally felt like half her brain, half her body, and half her mind was paying attention. The other half was like, just go to sleep, just go to rest. And that's every single day she's in class. She's nice to everybody. She's not rude, disrespectful. But she keeps herself and she stays quiet. So after she gets done crying, she was like shaking and she's like, how did you know? I said, honestly, I really didn't know. I just had a hunch. And so I'm giving you a pair of shoes because you're a great example of social health. And she's like, well, I haven't been like making any friends in here. I've been talking like the stuff I'm supposed to. I just do the bare minimum. I said, no, but I can tell. You're not as angry at yourself and you're trying to be kinder to yourself. And she tried again. She was like, she cried again. She's like, again, how did you know that that's literally what I'm working on right now in my life is not be so hard on myself, not beat myself so much, beat up myself so much. I go, again, I didn't know. I just had a feeling. So we had a little small talk after that. She walked away with her head down and just like kept on turning away when she's walking away and saying, thank you, Mr. Cause, and take a few more steps. And she kept on looking back like she was speechless. She's like, I don't know how you knew, but thank you. That made my week. I said, you're welcome. I said, hey, be sure to come to class next time because we're doing the midterm and you're not going to want to miss it. If you thought today was a great day, 
just wait till the midterm. It's going to blow your mind. She goes, I promise you, I will be there. Okay. So what I'm trying to communicate to you guys is something very simple. I've been teaching people for a long time to lead conversations, start conversations out with statements. But I really haven't focused on when you make a statement. Sometimes a statement can just be something you observe, something you're noticing, and that you have an intention, a specific goal to try to connect with that person, to try to be more supportive to that person, and just try to be on the same vibe and wavelength as they're on. A lot of us out there have our loved ones, friends, people close to us, that we could easily send a text to, give a phone call to, Zoom, FaceTime, or maybe if we see them in a day basis that we can just stop for a second, look at them, and make a bold statement about what we see. Now, obviously, I'm talking about a positive statement, a helpful statement, a reassuring statement, a validating statement. And as you guys notice, I did something kind of general because I, I just had a hunch. I didn't really know. I just could feel something was off or that she was struggling with something. That's sometimes the most powerful statement of all, just telling someone what you see in them what you believe about them, even if it's something that they don't believe or see in themselves. In fact, usually that's the case. People have a hard time taking those compliments. She wanted to not take the compliment that, that I was going to give her a pair of shoes for not giving up on herself. She, I could tell she was like, I'm not deserving. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. But when I made that statement, she couldn't help but say thank you. She couldn't help but cry. And, you know, I'm not going to press her for information. She's my student. I don't need to know all the details, but I need to say what I was thinking. I want everybody to listen to this episode. I don't know who you're thinking about, but I want you to make statements to them. Sometimes a statement could be just with a simple act of service. If you've never read the book, The Five Love Languages, you should, or at least listen to it. When I was in graduate school, it was the very first thing they told us to read. It's a very short, small book. Every other book after that, not short, not easier to read, not easy to read. But the five love languages was the easiest read and it made so much sense. Everybody has a way that we like to show love and everybody has a way that we like to receive love. With our friends and our loved ones, you should know what their love language is. And you can make that statement in the version of their love language by doing an act of service, by giving them a compliment. Maybe it's your friend. Maybe it's maybe their love language is physical touch and just walk up and give them a hug. You don't even say a word. Whatever the people's love language is in your life, find a way to make a statement because a statement really is a type of validation, type of testimony. Like, you know, people say all the time, you know, they use language like, you know, people need to be seen. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm just giving you how to do that. Because as a, as a philosophy, like, someone says, I need to be seen. Well, everybody wants to be seen. What does that even mean? Well, in my opinion, what that means is, if people are on the same wavelength as us, if people notice our efforts, our 
our hardships, our accomplishments, and they make statements to let us know that they are picking up what we're putting down or we're picking up what they're putting down, I should say. That is a very powerful statement in and of itself. So this is, like I said, a little add-on to the statements versus questions. If you're listening to this episode, it's one of the first episodes you've ever listened to, and you're like, wait, what? What is this guy talking about? Like, it makes sense, but I'm a little confused. Like I said, just go back to the earlier episodes on the podcast. We're almost at 400 episodes, so you got to scroll all the way down to the beginning. Um, it's in the top 20, 25 for sure, but it's called Statements versus Questions. Go listen to that episode. Listen to this episode. And realize there's tons of people in your life that you can make statements that land with them, statements that help them feel and more importantly, believe that they're not alone in this thing called life. You're vibing with them. You may not know exactly what they need. You may not know exactly what they've gone through, but you know that whatever it is, it's not who they are. It's just something that's difficult that they have to deal with. Or even a statement of accomplishment. Some people have a hard time taking compliments. Make those statements. If it happens to be a compliment for someone, and they, you know, they, they say, "Oh no, no, it's you know, I, I didn't do that. I don't deserve that." Like, you know, like she didn't want to. She want to take the shoes, and I reminded her. I said, "Well, you don't have to take the shoes. You're an American. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do." I said, however, it would really mean a lot to me that you allow me to give you recognition for just not giving up and staying in the fight. By the way, after she said that, after I said that, she's like, okay, I really do want the Vans. I just didn't think I was deserving of it. I said, trust me, you're more deserving of it than you know. So look for ways to make statements based upon the way that people that you've observed, that you're close to, based upon the ways that, that, that they like to receive love. Well, you guys, as always, you can follow me on Instagram, David underscore K-O-Z-L-O-W-S-K-I. You can follow OG Therapy at OG.Therapy on Instagram. We are OG Therapy on YouTube. OG Therapy on a paid wall um, called Patreon. You just got to go to www.patreon.com backslash OG Therapy. On there, we have almost three years of episodes. Those are where we post the videos and host the videos, just five bucks a month. So if you're like me and you like to watch your podcast and not just listen to them, I don't, I don't know why, why I do that, but you know, some people I just, I don't know, just, just like to see the inflections of their face. I guess I do know why. Facial expressions are very important. So if you're one of those type of people, we just ask that you sign up, pay the $5 and you can get tons of content. And by the way, there's a lot of content on there that we never posted on um, our normal podcast platform. But for now, we've just been posting the videos of the normal podcast on there for an extra five bucks. It helps me pay some of the hosting fees of websites and all the stuff that we need here for the podcast. So thank you guys as always. And just remember, if you really want to help someone out in your life and you really want to make powerful statements that resonates with people and make them feel you, like they, they really connect with you, then just remember, when you're down, you're frustrated, you don't know what to do. There's lots of books, there's lots of podcasts out there that can help you just get through those OGs moments. But remember, you can also press play and just listen to your OGs here at OG Therapy. So until next time, be cool.